Hey, little sidebar before we get started. Uh, my wife is in the room for all of this, and she's contributing stuff, and she's super funny for this entire episode, but too far away from the microphone, and I thought I could enhance uh, her voice and crank up the volume a little bit, but a lot of times it doesn't quite come through, so I know it's there. I get it, and I try, as the uh, episode goes on, I try to explain uh, her comments so it's not confusing, but you know. I can't get everything. Either way, it's still a great episode, so enjoy. Silence. Five hummingbirds. God damn it. If you drink, uh, if they drink hummingbirds. <laughs> I had a whole thing planned. How do you like it? I had a whole thing planned. How, how do you like it? <laughs> well, God damn it. Thank you, Lisa. What? I had a whole thing planned and you killed it why can't you still do it silence five million kids are being rescued from underground under the cover of operation covid19 that's what's really going on with these lockdowns they they are to keep our kids inside and safe while the monsters are being rounded up and executed none will escape some, some of these kids have been underground for five generations and would die if exposed to one minute of sunshine. That's what the ventilators are actually for. They suffocate a coronavirus patient, but are really useful for the kids coming up from the tunnels. What? The cruise ships in every port during the first lockdown were used to t- tirage the children triage. coming out. Sorry, triage. The kids coming out of the tunnels that were in every port. They were then taken to a location in America where they are getting the love and support that they so badly needed and are doing very well now. Silence? Did you know that Samsung tests the durability of their phones with a butt-shaped robot? Oh, yeah. That's pretty awesome. Silence? Peanuts aren't nuts. They're legumes. Armadillo shells are bulletproof. I did not know that. Do you know how hard this is going to be to edit with you all the way over there? You could have at least just come over here and joined us then. You guys are terrible. All right, anyway, we're going to pretend that there's been some silence and then... Look, I'm just all gonna I'm saying music. is that if people can believe in flattery, you can believe in yourself. Okay, did you know that running amok uh-huh. is really a medical condition? Okay, I need more detail on that. What is running amok? Considered a culturally bound syndrome, a person running amok in Malaysia commits a sudden frenzied mass attack and then begins to brood. Wow. That's gruesome. Look, it's 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 one of those moments where like you have like a close call slip in the shower and you just realize that you're just a Jenga tower of meat and blood. Silence. Did you know that cats have fewer toes than their back paws? Really? That's interesting. I, I know that because I trim their toes. Well, I trim their claws on their toes, not their toes. You want a COVID fact? <laughs> yes. Yes. We can't live without a COVID fact. Kleenex tissues were originally intended as gas masks. That sounds made up. What what was that? Kleenex tissues were originally intended for gas masks. Oh, for gas masks. It's like as a liner for gas masks. That would be a filter. Okay, Okay, I can see that. I'll believe that. All right, yeah. Cool. 
All right. Anyway, I should probably get if I get to the top of this, I could just start doing the opening bit, and then I wouldn't have to wait for silence, right? Okay, here we go. Oppenheimer. I myself am strange and unusual. Listen to Fred Radio! Nerd alert! See, this is the stuff that brings nerds together. So it's sort of social. Demented and sad, but social, right? If I'm interested in it, then by definition, it is nerdy. Are you in loser denial or something? My dad's a nerd. Welcome to episode 315 of Nerd Pride Radio. 315, you know what? My oldest son Jacob was born at 315. You know how I know? How do you know? Because he interrupted Animaniacs. That's how I know. I like, never forgive him. This woman had been in labor for like four days. Okay, not really. Eight hours. She's been in labor for eight hours. And it was getting kind of old. And I'm like, oh, hey, look, it, at least Animaniacs is on. That was exciting because Animaniacs is on at 3 o'clock every, day, every afternoon. Yeah. And I love Animaniacs. And so uh, so I put on Animaniacs on the hospital TV. And then, oh, that's the moment she decides she's going to give birth. Like, like she couldn't have waited 15 more minutes. Ah. Anyway, I guess it was you worth it. The fact that I was almost dying. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Your blood pressure dropped to 50 over 25. And they were worried that you were going to die. But, you know, Animaniacs was on. It's not always all about you, Lisa. Okay. Anyway, um, I'm not really a monster. I don't mean any yes, of that stuff. Are. No, I'm not a monster. I promise. Well, look, here's the thing: is uh, I, I want to invent a uh, a type of wizard in D and D that's you know just an artificer, but he doesn't know it. So it's, instead of casting spell, he just makes guns. <laughs> I, I, I'm Chuck Wizard, and I cast Bullet. Okay. <laughs> Is this just more interruption? Yeah, probably. Alright. Ask me how I'm doing today. How you doing today? Go on. How are you doing today? Thank you. I am Did awesome! You know cows don't have upper front teeth? What? No, I did not know that cows don't have upper front teeth. That's bizarre. This is going to take forever. Um, I am Did awesome. Do you know cows also can't go downstairs? Yes, they can. They absolutely cannot. Cows? Cows cannot go downstairs. They can go down ramps just fine. But when it comes to stairs, they can't do it. Huh. I'm a D&D slash Pathfinder nerd, a history nerd, a sci-fi nerd, a comic book nerd, computer nerd, Talks movie nerd, comedy, comedy nerd, science nerd, gaming nerd, plus... There's probably like seven other kinds of nerd. I only wish I was nerdy enough to be. You are listening to Nerd Pride Radio, a place I go every week to hey, run about all the nerd stuff that just won't fit in my skull anymore. As always, you're listening to the best-smelling podcast on the internet. That's right. Smelling? I got something about smelling. Really? What do you have about smelling? Dogs 
Really? What then? What the right nostril is just for bad smells, or do bad smells go to both nostrils? Does it say? Dogs normally start sniffing with their right nostril, then keep it there if the smell could signal danger. But they'll sniff to the left side for something pleasant, like food or a mating partner. That's weird. Okay. As always, you're listening to the best smelling podcast on the internet. That's right. Nerd Pride smells exactly like a rubbed baby, Aiden. Well, why are you saying my name after that? Because <laughs> you're the one that came up with that. <laughs> well, all right. Um, Don't put me on the spot like this. This'll. I'm not some kind of freak. Tell you what. You gotta put the rub on the baby before you eat it. It's... I'm not some kind of pervert. Right, you're also not a monster. Exactly. Right. Um, we'll explain more about that later. Uh, because now it is time for the meticulously plotted portion of this podcast. This is the time for me and Aiden uh, where we talk about all of the interesting things that we've stumbled across during the last week or two. Something tickles our nerd fancy, then we will put it on our uh, master list during our busy, busy week. God darn it. I'm bad at this. Uh, we will add it to our master list, and then ver- the very best stuff off of that list gets spewed out all over you guys. Every time we record. You, you lucky dogs. dogs. Uh, well, mostly this is going to be a fingertips episode. I'm not going to play the music yet. Uh, but we're going to start off with a little Chew the Dew. Uh, yeah, that's right. Chew the Dew. Because, uh, you know, by some twisted, cruel act of God, this cookbook exists. And uh, we're here to try every recipe in it. What do you mean, cruel act of God? See, I wrote that... It's a, before, a thing of glory. But before, I wrote that before we knew what was really in this book. And let's let's be honest, morally, the book is still reprehensible. Yeah, the Mountain Dew cookbook. Um, and uh, I will also tell you now, I've uh, this is our fourth Mountain Dew cookbook recipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will tell you that for the most part, there's a solid theme going on here. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yes, they do take a while, but uh, the theme is you have a meat that is heavily spiced, and then combined with some sort of citrus sauce. Except for the orange chicken. Mm. No, remember how hot the orange chicken was when we followed the recipe correctly? That that is fair. That is fair. But I'm just saying, like, but yes, the now the orange chicken though the orange was chicken. The 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 Mountain Dew sauce was like the main attraction. right. It was it was much more it was much more Mountain Dew forward than uh, these others. Uh, last night we had canned chicken. Uh, this is you've taken uh, you know if you've done Coke chicken or beer butt chicken or whatever. It's a can of whatever carbonated beverage shoved up a chicken's butt and you cook it whole, standing up. Yeah, standing up, sitting up. So you can steam it from the inside using the whatever liquid you got in the can. Right. So this was, uh, we did a couple of whole chickens, um, sat them on top of our open Mountain Dew cans, wrapped their legs in bacon. Um, which were really good. Yeah, which were really good. And, oh, but then then came the rub. All right, you got them, got them setting up, and then uh, you uh, co- cover, cover them with, with vegetable oil. And then this this dry rub. Which... So here's the issue with the dry rub and a standing chicken. Yeah. If, if you have a chicken that is sitting up, it feels for the life of you, if you close your eyes, that you were just rubbing down a baby. Right. That you're putting this dry rub on a baby. Right. You've got the baby in the bath and you're seasoning it with dry rub before you eat it. 
Right. Well, you don't. If, if it's in a bath, it's, it's more of a marinade than a dry rub. Okay. But still. Um, and here's the thing. I had not thought of any of that until Aiden said something. And then, yeah, when you're picking up a six-pound chicken, <laughs> I mean, it's a tiny baby, but you know what? The proportions are about right. I mean, the weight distribution is about right. That could that could be a baby. <laughs> I mean, it's a baby with pin feathers, but still. Right. Um, so anyway, as it turns out, uh, I, I personally, what was your opinion of the canned chicken? Uh, I actually thought that the canned chicken itself without the, the Mountain Dew sauce mm-hmm. was really, really good. Yes. And I feel like the citrus in the Mountain Dew actually did, for once, bring a lot to the table, unlike the uh, the uh, citrus. Uh, was it pork? Was it chicken? What was that? That There was the chive sauce on top. Was that chicken? That was the chicken, right? right. It was the pork chops had the had the code red sauce, yes. and that was fantastic. Yes, uh, I, I feel like like uh, I love how moist. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I feel like the citrus sauce actually brought a lot to the table with this one. Yes, and this was also, by the way, the first time I've cooked meat that I've had uh, uh, a cooking thermometer with which to actually test the internal temperature of the meat. So um, we actually got it exactly done, and that was nice. Uh, I can't believe I've gone this long without a meat thermometer. Right? But, uh, yeah, I felt like the um, the Mountain Dew, just like any canned chicken recipe, uh, if you're going to shove something up with your chicken's butt like that, uh, it added a lot of moisture. It kept everything mm-hmm. steamed and moist. And, yeah, I felt like the, the uh, lemon-lime of the Mountain Dew really did infuse the chicken so you got that mild citrus taste all the way through, uh, even with all the spices. And, and it, yeah, it went really well with the spice. It, it, it was really, really good. Yes. Uh, it also took us two and a half hours to make, which was, by the way, the time it said on there. I mean, right. it's like it's like it says your your preparation time for this is going to be 150 minutes. And I'm looking at it, seeing it only goes in the oven for 70 minutes. Can it possibly take that long to get everything set up? And yeah, for the most yeah. part, it did. And, but it, it wasn't... This was one of the more simple recipes in the book. Mm-hmm. Because, it did two hours. But, it's, but it, it wasn't a lot of complex steps. Right. No, it was... It, 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 yeah, it was... Yeah. It was uh, make, make a rub. Rub down a chicken. Well, you got you to gotta wash your chicken, you got to dry your chicken, you got to oil your chicken, and then you got to rub your chicken. Right. All right. And then you got to choke your chicken. And then you got to... You gotta set it up on a can of Mountain Dew, and then you have to put it in the oven for hour and fifteen, hour right. twenty. None, none of those steps are terribly hard or complex, right? Unlike, uh, unlike uh, having to reduce a uh, code red sauce, right? The code red reduction, but it was so good. It was so good. At this point, I'm gonna recommend you buy the cookbook, Mountain Dew. If you want to sponsor us, yeah. <laughs> I'm open to that. Uh, although I will uh, also comment that this is the first time I have drank a uh, just a regular Mountain Dew in a long time because you have to open the can and then you have to take off the top quarter of the can so it's got a little space to yep. boil in there and so I drank some Mountain Dew so that we could get that top of the can off and it's the first time I've had Mountain Dew in ages and uh, Since a college, right? it took yeah it took me back to my college days and. Uh, was very nostalgic, and yet also, um, now that I'm an old man, so sweet, 
so much sugar. How did I ever drink that many of those in a day? <laughs> what was wrong with me? See, I had a can of Mountain Dew actually pretty recently because uh, uh, the vending machine guy at work uh, slipped up and put a Mountain Dew in the Pepsi slot. Uh-huh. So I hit Pepsi, got a Mountain Dew. I'm like, well, I'm not going to buy another soda. I guess I'm into Mountain Dew now. So, I, I mean, it wasn't terrible. Right. I, I don't like bottles of Mountain Dew, but cans I can handle. Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, I'm not, I would never, I would never regularly drink Mountain Dew again just because, right. oh my God, so much sugar. Yeah, I mean, look, I, but, I can get why it's like a gamer staple, but like, yo. But, but and also, I get it because I, I also don't like candy as much as I used to. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I like a Skittle or two, but a whole handful of Skittles is going to be way too much sugar for me. And Mountain Dew to me is like drinking candy. Right. It's the same, same concept. But all in all, really good recipe. Like one of the yeah. better ones we've had so far. Yeah, it was it was very good. So um, because I do like the recipes that the meat itself is just good standalone. Mm-hmm. But then the mount whatever Mountain Dew sauce they've added actually adds and makes the dish better. Right, and oh, and, and to to clarify, this one like some of the others, uh, in addition to you know you use the Mountain Dew in the cooking, but then. You get done, you still have over half a can of Mountain Dew left, mm-hmm. and so it wants you to pour it off into a bowl, mixed up with some lemon and lime and, uh, uh, and the zest, of zest and them. butter, and make a little a dipping sauce of some sort, uh, which we thought was a little thin, so we thickened it up with a little cornstarch. didn't help a lot. But yeah, it didn't, didn't change much. But it was still really good. Yeah, and, and I, I didn't feel like the sauce added as much to it as the just having the Mountain Dew infused into the chicken, but mm-hmm. still good. So, all right. Hey. Yeah, yes? Fun fact about Mountain Dew. All right. Oh, really? All right. What's your fun Mountain Dew fact loudly? The Great Depression made it possible. Really? really? And it was an originally a, a mixer for bourbon. Mountain Dew as a mixer for bourbon? Well, it's not just oh, a, I guess so. It's I not an originally a uh, mixer for bourbon. It's still a mixer for bourbon. Let's be honest. That actually doesn't sound bad. I mean, you know, if 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 whiskey sour was a was a thing, and uh-huh. it still is, um, then I can see doing the the lemon lime with all that sugar in it and using it as a mixture. That sounds really good. The initial launch of Mountain Dew, yeah, was a joke. Really? As a joke, the Hartman brothers decided to have their friend John Pacheco draw a cartoon label featuring a rifle-toting hillbilly, then announced the launch of the new soda. That they've been brewing and stills back home in Tennessee. To their surprise, a bottler from Johnson City, Tennessee, asked about the bottling rights to the private soda. And by 1951, the commercial Mountain Dew was ready for store shelves. Wow. Huh. That's really good. I was wondering, I, I was going to ask why there was a, a hillbilly on the, on the original packaging. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. All right. Got, got to come from the mountain somehow, right? Um. Now it's time for fingertips. 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 Yeah, I keep getting all this stuff piling up on the master list, and I uh, I just never quite make it into a full segment. So so rather than spending a whole lot of time on it, we're just going to throw all these out here, uh, see if they go anywhere. Some of it will stick to the wall. Some of it won't. That's okay. Um uh, so I guess one of my fingertips is uh, I want to I want to talk about Montero really quick. 
Do you? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't want to make this a whole segment, because there's not too much to say that hasn't already been said. But, I mean, I don't think the music video for Montero is as evil as people want to make it out to be. No, like, look, look, I, I have read some commentary on it that purports to uh, to tell us what uh, Nas X was thinking about this stuff. It's 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 a commentary on institutionalized homophobia in organized religion. Right. And so if you if you haven't watched the video for uh, Montero Little Nas X, go it's ahead and good, watch. And it, the song is really really it's really a very good. it's a very catchy song. And uh, J- Jacobs, uh, never mind. Uh, he, there's a, a coworker that that he just caught jamming out to it, and he's like, does he know what the song? Is bad? Does he know the controversy? Because has he seen the video? Yeah, I don't know if he'd be jamming out. I mean, like this particular person. Look, all I'm saying but, is, if you had to go down a million miles on a pole, are you gonna tell me you wouldn't have fun? <laughs> Look, it is. Um, <laughs> your mom's looking very thoughtful about that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Look, despite the the prominent uh, satanic imagery within the video, the intent is literally he slides down a pole to get to hell so he can lap dance the devil to death. He he kills Satan. Yeah. With a, with a lap dance. Um like this is this is him striking back at the as Aiden said the systemic oppression uh heaped upon him uh his entire life by organized religion and others, but primarily he's taking shots at uh at religious authority that condemned him for being who he was, uh, who he uh, is. Also, I, I appreciate the representation of the uh, religious council wearing nothing but denim, <laughs> and he's he's wearing furs as the religious councils in denim. I did not catch that. That's pretty good. Yeah, right. yeah. I am. Um, I mean, like I said, it's a good song. I haven't added it to any playlists or anything, oh, but. Um, but it's a good song, and I appreciate it when I do hear it. So, um, okay, uh, my turn. It says here, uh, oh, Boson Stars. Oh. Okay. Someone was talking about uh, dark matter in the universe, and they were talking about the idea of Boson Stars. And I'm like, Boson Stars, that makes no sense to me at all. I don't even know. I barely know what a boson is. It's a category of of subatomic particle made up of clowns mostly thus <laughs> thus bosons um that's oh literally gosh. as far as my understanding goes i okay it, it exists now in my campaign there's a dark matter clown named boson there you go so um and so i put this down as something that was interesting because i was fascinated by the idea of of boson stars and so I went to go look it up, and okay, it required me to do some research on what bosons were. And I'm like, okay, good, I got it. I understand what bosons what are. What are bosons? I don't remember now. <laughs> I know that this is how fast the knowledge dropped out of my head. So okay, I've got bosons, and now how does it come together? How do we apply this to? Because it's bosons versus hadrons, I think, like in yes. large hadron collider. But I still like. It took me all of one and a half articles to get again be so lost. It's as if I never started, and uh, this is where I reached my limits of uh, of physics for the moment because um, 
I usually pride myself on being able to kind of, you know, get at least a fair grasp of what they're they're going on about here. And this one just lost me two steps in, and I was already completely lost. So, and that's really all, all I had for this. Um, just to say, it just didn't make any sense to me. And maybe maybe I was just looking at bad articles. Maybe there's a better way of approaching it. But, uh, yeah? You're not, not finding anything good? I was just going to read off the definition of a boson, but I don't think anyone wants to hear that. Right? Exactly. Um, okay. Uh, then, oh, here's the next one. Is I... I am getting tired of public figures, whether it's politicians, uh, police officers, uh, other public figures who do really, really horrible racist things. Uh And then inevitably they face the microphones and the cameras and they apologize. That's not who I am. Exactly. And the the line is always, that's not who I am. Uh, but it is, because you said those things. And so, I and I feel like, maybe it's just you and I talked about it, as opposed to bringing it up on the podcast. I feel like we've talked about it on we the podcast before. We have talked about it. I don't know if it was on the podcast. Yeah, okay. Well, if we haven't, then I just want to say that um, I, I want, when someone says, that's not who I am, I want the the reaction from the majority of the public to be as if they just said, hey, I'm not racist, but... Like, we all know that that's, that's a cue for you're about to say something super racist. Right. So when you say, that's not who I am, after doing something super racist, that should be everyone's cue to go, no, that's that's really kind of who you are. Um, and like, like, And so I tried to think of, for these people, um, what would be a good apology? What is a good response after you've, um, uh, like, the police officers that were caught on their radios having a conversation about they hope this is the start of the race uh-huh. war because they really want to go shoot some racial slurs. Um, and then later, oh, that's not who I am. It was just the heat of the moment. So wait, so stress makes you racist? Is that what this is? That's your excuse? And so, like, what is the proper apology for that? And the only thing I can come up with is, is wow, what I said was really, really racist. My actions were very, very wrong here. And uh, uh, it's not an excuse, but I am a product of my upbringing and I recognize how wrong this is and I am working to change myself as a person because that's not who I want to be. That I could see. I mean, I still don't know if that, you know, that it doesn't excuse anything, but at least it's a proper answer, uh-huh. you know, uh, or a more honest one. Yes. So um, my wife just gave a perfect example. Um, and she, for some reason, she doesn't want credit for this. I think this is very smart. Justin Timberlake has recently come out, uh, especially after the, uh, the, the Britney documentary and all that. And Justin Timberlake has come out and said, yeah, you know what? Uh, I treated Britney terribly. I, I slut shamed her in public and, and it was absolutely unexcusable. Um, he said, I treated Janet Jackson horribly. That I mean, like, like literally, that whole wardrobe malfunction, uh, malfunction, as if that was an accident. Um, the whole thing, after, yeah. After after it was all done, uh, Justin comes out and basically just throws her under the bus for everything. And 
And so he's made an apology for it and said, yeah, that was really wrong. Mm-hmm. And that is that, you know, and he's talked about wanting to change and be a different person now. And, and I'm like, that's impressive. That's, I mean, again, does it excuse what you did? No, but we all, um, you know, all you have to do is, uh, is uh, go find where I've hidden all the copies of the uh, animal cast. And you can listen to all of my wrong opinions and and stuff that I'm really embarrassed oh, dude, that I, I used the to first say. Oh, dude, I have 25 episodes. Yeah, see, exactly. So, um, you can you can hear that stuff and know that yeah, I'm glad I am. I'm glad I am not that person now. I'm glad I have learned and been able to change. But yeah, and and I still have I still have lots of areas to work on, and I am well aware of that. But to do something super racist and then. The next day, go well. That's not me. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you just did it. That is that is you. If you can't show me the the pattern and the effort of of making that change, then it doesn't count. So, okay. And if if we're still on the the topic of uncomfortable topics, I want to talk about what uncomfortable topics. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I assume that that's what that last fingertip was. Yeah, sort of. I want to talk about that Trump's presidency has allowed anti-trans people to be way more brazen in being outspoken in passing laws like Kansas and Alabama and Texas. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's alright, it's just the printer. We're fine. But, uh, like in uh, Alabama, they just passed a... Uh, Law banning all trans students from sports in schools. Oh, Kate, Caitlyn Jenner of all people. Caitlyn Jenner is now ru- running for the uh, MAGA candidate for governor. Um, Don't they hate people like her? Yeah, and so does she. Caitlyn Jenner has come out and said that uh, uh, trans women. Trans girls shouldn't be allowed to participate in sports in school. It's, it's okay if trans men participate in men's sports, but trans women cannot participate in women's sports because that would be unfair. Um, and Caitlyn Jenner, of all people, would know. Right. Being uh, a gold medal winning Olympic athlete. Mm-hmm. So. But uh, in Texas, a, a bill. Uh, that is being uh, debated now could have parents sent to prison for giving gender affirming treatment to their kids. Yes. Yep. And one in Kansas uh, that is being litigated now could have uh, medical facilities and insurance companies be able to outright refuse coverage and treatment to trans people. Yes, that is correct. That is monstrous and horrifying. Yep. And in in 15 or 20 years, this will all be a non-issue. Hopefully. Maybe a little longer. Well, okay. Look, look at how people were treating gay people in the 80s and 90s. Well, and people are still treating gay people. Yeah, except that the majority of America is on the side of gay people. At this point, um, these, it's not just the support for it's okay to be gay, but even the support for gay marriage has, has finally risen to a majority in this nation. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but it took a long, long time. And in fact... Uh, 
politicians who like to use that as a wedge issue are finding that they're not getting a whole lot of traction because um, because younger voters, whether you're Democrat, Republican, Independent, mm-hmm. other younger voters, really don't care about the gay age. I mean, like they care they care because they want their friends to have rights, but right. they're not. They're, you can't. It's it's not something that divides youth at this right. point. Whereas um, twenty years ago, you could reliably use that as a dividing line to, to try and mm-hmm. separate out people. And you can't now. But trans, trans is still an issue where that can that can work. And so um, there are, are there issues to be discussed? Absolutely. But but some people are specifically using it just because they want it to be inflammatory, because right. they want to rile up one side or the other. Yep. And and that's too bad because it precludes having a real discussion about it. And that's too bad. Um, pardon me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Next topic. All right. Do you have one? Or do you want me to just... All right. Let me throw it out. All right. Uh, Lamarck and the theory of inheritance of, of acquired traits. Before... Before we... Uh, uh, before we got the theory of evolution, before we got the theory of uh, 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 what's the uh, natural selection, that was like, uh, finds a way. Yeah, thank you, thank you. That was pretty good. Um, before that, there was Lamarck, and I remember this because every science textbook textbook that I had that talked about evolution talked about well before evolution, there was the theory that that traits were acquired by an animal for the situation and then they would pass those traits along so that um, so that a giraffe, for example, has to reach higher, thus stretches out its neck to reach higher, and thus its children will then be born with longer necks because... Fun fact, we don't know why giraffes have long necks because they usually have to lean down to eat the foods they eat. Okay. So we don't know why giraffes because necks once, are like that. Because once upon a time there has been some time in giraffe history where having the ability to feed at that high level or be able to see that far over the, the grasslands or whatever, some something in there was uh, a selective advantage for them. Right, but we don't know that for sure. And also, giraffes haven't been getting shorter. Well, we haven't given them enough generations to get shorter. Well, also, they use their necks as weapons when they're fighting each other. That I've seen. All right. I'm making a point here, though. Are so you? all these textbooks, and I saw it several times through my schooling, where they would show the Lamarckian theory of acquired genetic traits, and then we would roundly mock that as being, you know, the equivalent of ble- believing in humors or that gnomes live in your stomach and cause illness. But, I mean, it's, if, if you look at that instead of over just one animal over generations, then that's just the theory of evolution. No, 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 no. That... Because the, the theory of natural selection is that there is random variation within the genetic code, and we didn't know genetic code back then, but right. there's random variation in a population, and the ones that do survive better pass along their genes, and the ones that don't survive better. So within that variation, we are selecting for uh-huh. other stuff, whereas the Lamarckian theory is that, no, 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 there is a problem posed by the environment, thus the animal improvises a solution 
right. stretching its neck somehow, and then passes that along. Right, but if you look at if you I, look over generations, Lamarckian theory solves the exact same issue, logically speaking. Sure, 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 sure. If you supplement in uh, the, the the natural selection, because yeah, it, over generations that problem will be solved through random genetic okay. mutations. Sort of. Let me let me. Let me explain he wasn't why wrong. Oh, he was very wrong. But let me explain why I brought this up. He wasn't entirely wrong. The reason I brought this up. Who who was the first one to recognize that arachnids were different from insects, Lisa? Lamarck. Lamarck. Wow. Good for him. Look, look, look at look at Lisa with the Lamarck facts. Let, off the top of her head, even. Right. Um, Incredible. Here's the thing: is that it turns out that Lamarck was not entirely wrong. That's the, no, no, not for the reasons you're saying. You can fight me. They have they have now been studying a thing called epigenetics, and epic genetics. What they have found is let's take a population of rats, and As or you do or mice. Mice are easier to work with, and you take the male mice, and you have a control group that you don't do anything to. And then you have your uh, experimental group where you expose them to this particular odor. And whenever they are exposed to this odor, they'll get some kind of mild electric shock. All right. And they, the people explaining this had to explain that enough, enough to be annoying and stressful, but not to hurt them. Right. Because we're not being cruel to these people. Like, like a static shock. But whatever. That's fine. The whole point is they introduce... This smell, and then the smell is associated with stressful, anxiety-inducing stimuli. Mm -hmm. What they then found was they take sperm from those males and impregnate a bunch of females. Uh, So the males have no contact with their offspring whatsoever, no contact with even the mothers. All we're taking is their sperm passing along. The ones who were exposed to the smell and then caused stress, their offspring had like 50% more olfactory receptors to detect that smell. Hmm. Right, not genetic. That's bizarre. And it is it is a thing called epigenetics. It is it is these are I I wish I had written down details at the time, but it is it is um, RNA, it is I can't remember, but it is genetic markers. Mm-hmm around your DNA that are actually changed by the environment and thus change the expression of your genes. Your genetic material has not changed itself. It does change markers that will change how those genes express in future generations. And thanks to epigenetics, uh, there are theories that state that that's why uh, arachnophobia is so prevalent within humans. That's very possible. Even though... Even though... Uh, spiders are so tiny and most of them are completely harmless to humans. Did you make that up? No. Okay. No, I was. I actually wanted to talk about this for a while but never knew anything about it. Every time I tried to look it up, I couldn't find what I was looking for and thank you for bringing up epigenetics because that's exactly what it was. And, and thus, they also have shown that um, in animals at least, they have proven that if you have 
uh, a generation that goes without food, that they're hungry a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, if they are in deprived conditions, they are hungry a lot. Their, um, their offspring will have a much higher propensity towards obesity and diabetes from, um, as well as some other health conditions because of their, uh, their, the epigenetic markers they believe lead them to conditions that cause them to seek food excessively that cause them to overbalance for certain things. Mm-hmm. And thus they are more prone to these health conditions that are very reminiscent of, uh, a lot of the health conditions that we see, um, in modern humans. And they're especially thinking that this may be the reason that some uh, traditionally poorer and uh, oppressed uh, people in this country, black people, for example, have higher rates of things like heart disease, diabetes, uh, etc., etc., is that because they had generations of being um, poor, oppressed, deprived, that that may have resulted in actual physical generational changes. I have no idea mm-hmm. the veracity of that. I don't know. That's theoretical at this point, based on the studies of mice and epigenetics. But the study of mice and men, if you will. <laughs> yes, yes. Do, do, do you see the rabbits, Lenny? <laughs> so wait, no wait. Which one's Lenny? Can't remember. Danny? No, it has nothing to do with Laverne and Shirley. Oh, darn it! It's been so long since I've read Mice and Men. Well, like wait, three wait, wait, three wait, years, wait, but wait, isn't that one of the Koopalings? Y- yes, yes, that's one of the Koopalings. That's what I was thinking of. Okay, good. Oh, uh, oh man! All right. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. Uh, here's another science thing for you. Ooh, I love science. I know, I know. Is is it, is it about the uh, space building that's going to crash somewhere in the world and we have no idea where? Okay, once again, I don't think it's... I mean, yes, it's tragic for anyone who happens to be under it when it hits. The right. Tra- to, to explain for uh, Lisa and others in the audience who may not have heard of it, uh, Aiden was just telling me the other day that... Uh, I mean, mind, mind if I? Go ahead. Uh, China uh, was putting up a space station, and they launched a rocket into space. And the, uh, the launch tower where the rocket is you know attached to before it decouples and is launched his face accidentally went up with it uh-huh. and uh it's coming down sometime within the next you know week and a half so yeah so uh yeah you know something I, I learned this week? what's something you learned this week lisa the space shuttle challenger i didn't know the astronauts have most likely lived through that's horrifying she was just telling me about that the other night that yeah, the Challenger explosion back in the uh, back in the eighties. Uh, more than likely, uh, they think that the the astronauts inside the Challenger were alive after the explosion. That the crew cabin would have been uh, intact enough for them to still be alive, and thus they wouldn't have died until two and a half minutes later when they hit the ground. Uh, yeah, water. Uh, which either also, way, Big Bird was almost in the Challenger explosion, and Big Bird almost went up on that flight. I didn't, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, he the the problem was is that if he went if he was going to go up, there was no point in having Big Bird on the space shuttle if he didn't have the suit on, right? For at least some shots, and 
there was no way to safely put a big bird because suit up he's there because giant all the and unwieldy and he sheds right feathers. and all the feathers and fluff would have fouled up their air system and it, there was just no way to make it work. But yes, they they fully planned on on trying to get him up there, but it Could didn't work. Could you imagine all those kids watching Big Every, Bird in like, a rocket? There were so many children watching that launch anyway because we traditionally I was yeah had people. Classrooms would you'd cancel class. You'd all go to the gymnasium. You'd watch it on the screen, and, uh-huh. and we'd all watch the the uh, the space shuttle launches. And then that kind of stopped after Challenger. So well, could you imagine all the kids watching Big Bird explode? Oh, that would have been so. Did you, the glee in your voice is just horrifying. You are a bad person. That would have been so tragic. I mean, oh my god, that would have been tragic. Uh, so I mean, how, do you, how would how would Sesame Street even like deal with that? Children, I would make fried chicken. No. <laughs> okay. Well. Uh, oh, I see where you get it from now, Aiden. <laughs> well, kids, uh, this is the beginning beginning of the blood feud with NASA. Oh, it just—I mean, ima- yeah. Uh, imagine the very difficult episodes they would have had to go through. To, to do the, the mourning and stages of well, grief after Big Bird goes down. Elmo, where's ah. Big Bird? He died in service to our country. Elmo didn't exist back then, so. But yes, Grover could have said that. Uh, no, actually, Grover would have. Grover is the representative of children, or at least he was before Elmo. Um, and so Grover would have been the one who was very hurt and confused, and they would have had to comfort him. And that was also back when Snuffleupagus was uh, still a secret. Oh, poor Snuffy. God, is that that's how he comes out. He shows up to Big Bird's funeral. Oh. Remember when the grocer died? Yeah, no, that's true. Mr. Hooper died. Mr. Hooper died. Yeah, they and they did go through a lot with that. Although, he did not go up in a fiery ball of flame. That we know of. He could have had a Viking funeral. As by the way, the name of this episode is Mr. Ho- Mr. Hooper's Viking Funeral. Um, <laughs> so... Also a great name for a band. <laughs> so, um, uh, so anyway, the science thing I was going to bring up next, uh, electron configurations. Yeah, what about them? All right. So you've got atoms, and they have electron shells. Yes. And I remember eighth grade was the first time that we went through this, and then we did it again when I was in 11th grade in chemistry, and... They had the different shells, S1, mm-hmm. S2, S3, yeah. and then the P shells, and the, um, I can't remember all of them now, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But the, which, uh, compared to the nucleus, those shells are massive. Right. But here's the thing, is there was a whole order of, when you've got your all of your electrons, say you've got 38 electrons, you have to slot them into these shells so that they fill up in the right order, uh-huh. and it keeps skipping around to the S shells and the P shells and the L or M or whatever the hell they have. And and it keeps going back and forth. And so I sat down to practice this with Eli because he's taking chemistry. And, like, I'm studying the diagrams and I'm trying to figure this out. And so I start walking him through it. And he's like, oh, I got this. And he's just writing out answers. And I'm like, how do you do that? He says, he says oh, well, here's how she taught us to do it. And he lays out the the diagram in this different fashion that, and I would have to see it because he laid it out so it matches the periodic table. 
And yeah, and then you can just look across the columns and go, oh yeah, here, 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 here. And it's like just, it, it was the weirdest thing. I, I, I wish, again, I wish I had this here because I wrote this on the master list like two months ago. Um, so I don't remember all the details now. But if I went back to it, you know, all I need is the, the diagram. And I'd go, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Electron shells baffled me through chemistry. Uh, and I'm a smart guy. I like science. And I've never been able to master these things. And now all of a sudden, this uh, diagram from uh, Mrs. Dorr, uh, th this diagram suddenly not only helps me figure out the answers to the, the, the questions, but also lets me understand why, why it happens that way. I was just shocked. 51 years old. I'm like, I had no idea. And this is just out of a, a high school textbook. So, yes, Lisa. Oh, it was Broderson? Mr. Dor. Oh, math. That's right. I got mixed up names. I'll have to edit that out in case they listen. Add it? You have to edit that out? Wow. Penguin. Whatever. Penguin. 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 Oregano. We just had just a whole debate over how to pronounce oregano last oregano. night. Oregano. Oregano. That's what I said. Damn it. I feel like we're saying the same thing. So... Just God, just give the man some milk. Just give him some milk. So, um, anyway, uh, I hope that made sense to any of you. <laughs> so, it didn't. Uh, anyway, as it turns out, uh, again, and this, and, and I say it's a, a high school textbook. It wasn't even the textbook. The textbook didn't have this particular solution. This is just what the teacher sent home, um, and this is how she taught it in class. And I'm just floored. I thought it was amazing. So, uh, so I thought that was super cool. Um, let's see. Uh, did I did I tell you I got a new uh, safe deposit box? Did you? Yeah. What's wrong with the old one? It's too small. Oh. Yeah. So, and we lost a key. Uh, so we? Yeah, we. I have mine in my wallet. I don't know where that yours went. We? Well, no, that's that's me sharing the blame. With you, who was actually responsible for it. That's who it was. All right, so anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming I must have lost my key, and thus I stole hers. I can and... feel the scowl. I don't need to look back there. So, anyhow. The whole point is, the old safe deposit box we got years and years and years ago. And it's too small now for uh. the stuff that we want to keep in it. So I wanted to get a much larger box. And... And so the box that we got, she's like going through and she's picking out numbers and she's like, oh, it would be like one of these. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that that's the perfect size. And she says, oh, and look, that was even available. So uh, we'll drop the paperwork. You can have that box. And the box number is 1769. Yeah. Which is a fantastic number because it's easy to remember because, okay, 17, nice low prime number. And then obviously sixty nine. Nice, nice. All right, so seventeen sixty nine, and I thought to myself, thirty eight. And so I thought to myself, seventeen sixty nine. That and I did a couple quick calculations in my head. I'm like, that might be a prime number. Even that would be really cool if it was a prime. Also, your birth year. No, no, I was born in seventy. Uh, close. Nineteen seventy. How dare you? All right. So anyway, am I the only vampire on this podcast? So, um, so I, 
found out that it's actually not a prime number. It is the product of two primes, uh, which are uh, uh, 29 and 61. Okay. And I thought to myself, so wait, what do you call a number that is just a product of two primes like that? What do you call that? Uh, apparently, it's called a semi-prime, oh. which was because uh, I had something else that was in my head that I've always called that, and I knew it was wrong, and no, it's, it turns out it's semi-prime. Uh, you called it an Optimus Prime? Yes, yes. The Optimus Primes. I wonder if... I I, I will lay There's you money. Be, someone right? Someone has discovered a new property of primes and named everything in that core category the Optimus Primes. Right? Someone has to have done that. Um, hold on. Let's are, you, see. are you looking up mathematical Optimus Primes? Optimus Primes in... There we go. And Optimus Primes. Optim- okay, what what are Optimus Primes? <laughs> yes, they're here. <laughs> I mean, what are Optimus Primes? Why? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, is it what are Optimus Primes? This is great. Um, I don't give a shit. All right, it says, you're watching a master list live. Uh. An Optimus Prime is any odd prime P where, oh, one plus, no, this makes no sense to me at all. Just just read it off. Well, it, uh, you come around and look at it, where one plus the quantity square root of P sub P? Oh, yeah. Negative times negative one times P all to the power of P. Minus one equals a plus c. That all makes no sense to me at all. (laughs) You are very funny. Um, Darn it! There are there is such a thing as an Optimus Prime, but it is so esoteric, convoluted that there's no way you could. ah, No way I can simply explain it. No way I can even simply understand it. So darn it. Okay, but they do exist. So all right. Anyway, that was uh, that was our Optimus Primes. Like, it's it's one of those things where uh, I know a few civil engineers at this point because I'm at that age where I just know civil engineers because they're friends of mine. But we saw uh, Exit 69 to Beaver Road. No, you didn't. There was a whole TikTok about it. And so uh, I'm talking to my civil engineer buddy. He's like, oh, yeah, no, we do that on purpose all the time. That is someone's legacy. <laughs> that is... Someone, someone fought to have that. That's pretty good. All right. I appreciate that. And so my whole point with the uh, 1769 yeah. semi-primes is, uh, is really that I was so excited to get the number 1769. I just liked the number so much and then found out it was a semi-prime and I was reveling and learning a new definition. And not like a lame semi-prime. I mean, like. Like, 38 is a semi-prime, because it's a product of 2 and 19, but come on. It's an even number, for God's sake. That barely even counts. This is one where it's the product of two, you know, semi-largest kind of primes in my, you know, my day-to-day experience. And so, therefore, um, one that I can't readily identify as prime or not prime without having to sit down and do the calculations. I like that. I like that a lot. So, I was just excited about the number. And so, I wrote it down Uh and then realized that there wasn't a real segment for this. But, you know, talk about it. So, um, 
All right, my last thing. Yeah, you've probably never read Ursula Le Guin, have you? I have no idea what you're talking about. Ursula Le Guin is an author, was an author. She's passed away recently. Um, and she wrote a whole just, lot of... Just like, uh, just like Humpty. Yes, Humpty's gone. Sad. Uh, but Ursula Le Guin... Grab him by the biscuits. Wrote, wrote a bunch of uh, awesome science fiction. And she also wrote uh, the Earthsea books, which is a magical fantasy setting um, set in the realm of Earthsea. And it is very, very different in tone and content from your traditional uh, Tolkien-style mm-hmm. uh, fantasy worlds. And here's the thing, and this is, I, I feel I feel bad saying it because Dave, Dave is a huge fan of the Earthsea books. Uh, maybe his favorite series. Maybe. Yeah, but those aren't cellos. Right? And, and my problem is, is that I love Ursula Le Guin. I have read all of her science fiction. I love it. Love it to death. I have tried reading the Earthsea books many times. Well, many. Three times. I've tried. And I can't do it. There's something about her style and the language in this setting that just... I, I can't seem to pay attention to it. It's like it's designed to divert my concentration off to something else. And so uh, I am listening to a book right now called uh, The Year's Best Science Fiction and Fantasy. And The Year's Best Science Fiction and Fantasy, uh, volume 13, I think, is uh, one of these annual books that comes out with a whole bunch of really great short stories in it. And I love these compilations. I I love short stories in science fiction uh, and fantasy, for that matter, but uh, especially science fiction. And so I'm listening all the way through this one. And the very last story... uh, I can't even remember the name of the story. The very last story comes up and it's only, it's only like 15, 20 minutes long. It's not even like it's a long story. And I realized five minutes in that I, I am lost. I have absolutely no idea what's going on. I haven't paid attention. So I roll it back and I try again after three times. I'm like, I just cannot, cannot concentrate on this. And so I decided I'm just going to skip that one and be done with the book. Uh, And then that's when I saw that, Oh, Oh, that's the name Ged, I recognize it now. Okay, this is a short story set in Earthsea. I don't know what it is wow. about that. I don't know what it is about that setting. I just can't. I cannot concentrate on it. It's weird. I because people had, love love Earthsea for the love longest it. time. I had the same issue with Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah, <laughs> I just could not be gripped by that book, and I don't know why. Because we recommended it. That's not it at all. <laughs> Because I tried it twice before you guys recommended it, and I just couldn't get into it. Uh huh. That's too bad. Have you ever read the whole thing? I have now read the book. Okay, cool. I read it over quarantine because I had nothing better to do. Huh. You know what? I may. No, I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna go back and try Earthsea again. Not yet. It's just not. I don't know. It's one of those things that, I mean, I've tried because I love Ursula Le Guin. Therefore, I should really love these books. And yet, I cannot seem to read them. I don't know what's wrong with me. So, all right, that is the end of everything I've got for fingertips. All right. Sure so, you, so, you know what it is time for then, right? God, is it time for your, your friend? It's time for Nerd Pride's favorite game show. You know, my friend, John. 
Okay. I'm in. What? We gotta wait for the music. Oh, is that how we do that? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. I feel bad. I feel bad because yeah. you uh, you were waiting, and this this one's on me. Yeah, so. you're right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I get you. You have to be quiet, though. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. You're, all right, you ready? Yeah. Music now. This is our uh, game show slash advice segment called, uh, you know, My Friend, John, uh, where I uh, pose a problem that uh, my famous friend John has uh, has been having. And it's Mike's job to not only give them advice, but tell me uh, what their name is, uh, what property they're from, and who played them. So, uh, first on the list is uh, my friend. We'll call him John. And, uh, he, uh, was fighting in a war, and he, in the middle of this war, got transferred to a whole nother war in a place called Basum. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't know any of these people, he doesn't know any of the intricacies of this conflict, but because the people of Basum treat him as a superhero, he feels that he has to help them. And uh, I, I, I guess his problem is, is as, as they see him as such a large figure, is he required to help them? Should he feel a need to help these people if they view him as a kind of superhero? Okay. There are... Uh, two ways to answer this. Uh, first off, he's not under any obligation to help. I mean, look, someone comes and asks for your help. You have to consider your own situation. I mean, are you are you emotionally uh, capable of investing this much in someone else? And especially when we're talking about possibly fighting a war for these people. Uh, clearly, that is a huge um, investment in time, resources, and emotion. All right, this is this is a lot of yourself that goes into this. So you're obviously not obligated, but, uh, you know, what, you're going to call yourself a hero? Come on. You help people because they need help. And is this is this a situation that is clearly black and white with obvious good guys and obvious bad guys? Because if so, I mean, how can you possibly turn these people away when they need you so badly? Mm-hmm. Um, the... Uh, um, I guess I, that, that's really, you know, do do what you got to do. You know, take care of yourself first, obviously. But, yeah, you know, if you have the ability to help, if you have the ability to make this situation better, you probably really should. Uh, now, this is uh, – it kind of threw me because, uh, um, because obviously uh, I've been there. Have you? I have. I have. Um and uh, but yeah, you know, when I was there, uh, we called it Mars. Ooh, damn! <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it's John Carter. Yeah. The, the Barsoom gave it away. That's, Did, that's... I was wondering because either Barsoom was going to throw you way off, or it would give it to you immediately. Yeah, and that that was that that completely gave it to me uh, because if without that word, I don't know that I would have gotten this. Okay. So, but it's it's John Carter. Um, uh, 
Uh, okay, that's the character. From, well, from the movie John Carter. Okay. But I think earlier was it John Carter of Mars or... We're, I'm, I'm talking about the 2012 version. Okay. If that'll give you any hint on... And I, I should know who played John Carter because I should know, but I do not. It is Taylor Kitsch. Oh, I would not have gotten that. All right. Um, uh, I've got another one here from uh, a friend of mine. We'll, we'll call him John. Sure. And uh, he's, uh, he's a police officer, and uh, he's trying to bust a massive crime ring. And he thinks he's found a lead but it would require him to take charge of a bunch of children. Is it okay for him to bring children into what is essentially a crime bust? Okay, no. It is not okay for him to involve children. Like, like, okay, if you needed to pose... um, if he needed to pose as, you know, say, um, as a little league coach or, um, I don't know, a kindergarten teacher or <laughs> yeah. something like that, in order to get the information you need and get close to people, but to to if if your actions are then going to uh, lure these criminals towards areas that may put the children in danger that would be horrible now maybe maybe the, the maybe the reason he's there maybe maybe it's because these children are already tangentially connected i mean there's got to be a reason why you're there in the first place right well, right um, but yeah you don't want to do anything that's going to increase danger to these kids so they have they absolutely um i mean all civilians but you know these kids in particular if, you, mm-hmm. if you're going to take these this duty on you obviously i said duty um you obviously can have to think of their welfare first mm-hmm. so uh, and they certainly can't come along with you <laughs> that would be i mean like seriously you should lose your badge for that right i i I, th- I think i think if you actually like physically put these children in danger okay. in any way shape or form okay and uh look uh i'm going to guess that the character's name is John. Ah. Doe. No. Smith. No. Johnson. No. Kimball. Kimball. It doesn't matter. Arnold Schwarzenegger, every single role he plays, there's no reason for him to have an Austrian accent, and he always has a name like Chad. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's not Chad, but it's, some, it's like his first and last name are are completely and totally nondescript Names of English, British origin. I mean, uh-huh. it's like, he, you know, he might as well. It's just weird. It's weird. All right, uh, you're not getting points for the name, right? But I do get kindergarten cop. You do get kindergarten cop, and I, I do get, you. and I do get Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes, and I give great advice. Yes, you did give great advice. Okay, sweet. All right, uh, the next one comes to us from a buddy of mine. Well, I wouldn't call him a friend, to be honest, but we'll call him John. And uh, everyone in a modern age uh, seems to have uh, 
seen this romance story that he put out between himself and this woman who knew nothing about him at first, but they quickly fell in love. And upon people thinking that it was really cheesy, they looked into it. And turns out that uh, none of that happened, and uh, you could almost call the actual story partial genocide? And so I guess my friend John is looking to fix his image after being caught not just lying about his story, but also killing most of the peoples. I am lost. Are you? Alright, look. My my advice is turn yourself in. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, at this point, you deserve you deserve to simply uh, face the authorities and suffer the consequences for whatever horrible things you've done. Uh, but Character's name is John. Character's name is John. What's his last name? Hooper. He was Mr. Hooper's son from Sesame Street. No. Uh, if I give you John Smith, can you uh, glean anything more from that? John Smith. He married the next one? Technically speaking. No, you're not helping me. Uh, what if I said Pocahontas? Oh! Oh, John Smith from from Pocahontas. Oh, alright, yeah, and you know what? No, you don't turn yourself over to the proper authorities, because you are the proper authorities, and, <laughs> and clearly, you're not going to suffer any consequences for what you've done, you monster. Can you tell me who played John Smith in Pocahontas? I'm going to say John Malkovich. No, it was Mel Gibson. Yeah, it obviously wasn't John Malkovich. Okay, Mel Gibson, that makes perfect sense. He <laughs> loves that that uber-patriotic yeah. American stuff. Um, weird. All right. Yeah, no, I had nothing on that one. <laughs> and you know what? You gave the right amount of detail. Because any anything else would have completely tipped the scales and made it super obvious. With genocide, I don't know that I would have come up with it. But I should I, I I could have rooted around a little I'm bit. I'm going to give you one point for advice on that, bringing your total score for this round of My Friend John to eight points. I can take that. Which uh, is, uh, you know... No, it should only be seven. Seven? Seven, because I missed, I missed one part of... Uh, you, you got all four for... Oh, I did get all four for John. No, I didn't get the actor. Yeah, no, you didn't, so you are only at seven. Seven points. Seven out of twelve. All right. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It's not the worst I've ever done. Right. Not the worst. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for the Pod-O-Matic. Hot dog. This is the Nerd Pride Radio Pod-O-Matic. At the end of every cast, we bring out R2 in his fully pimped-out Podomatic bubble. He rolls up random topics for us to talk about. Where these topics come from, you ask. Well, that is where you come in. You want to hear, hear us hey, Ron, about something? Send your question or topic to me by email, or better yet, a private message on my forums at nerdbrightradio.com slash babble. And I'll add it to the Podomatic list, because Podomatic is about whatever you want it to be. Oh, all right. And that, uh, that phone going off is telling me that 
Noah's uh, physical science grade has gone up slightly. So, Woo! well, yeah, he, oh man, he bombed out terribly. Um, he's at, he's balancing out at the B plus. Yeah, he's balancing out at the B plus, which means that uh, if he pulls out decent, uh, decent grades on the, stop it. <laughs> You're hoping your son pulls out. Ah, if he could just, never mind. I'm not going to go anywhere else. So, yeah, no, no, I, no, I'm with you, Lisa. I find that phrase also very funny when applied to our 15 year old son. So, <laughs> I find it funny when applied to your four kids. About. So, anyway, um, I have no clue what you're talking about. So, if if Noah can just, like I say, he just. It was a big project, and he forgot a page, and it screwed his grade. And then they gave him a late notice, and he lost the late notice. Yeah, and so he's he's working to make that up. And if he does really well, which he's a great student normally, if he does really well uh, on these final projects and the final, then he can still squeak out an A, probably. But we'll see how it goes. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, see this whole this whole power school thing. Um, you, we did we have we didn't check power school as regularly with you did we? Yeah, yeah, you did. Oh, yeah, did we? Yeah. I was gonna say that's how I got tackled off a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you totally deserved that. Yeah, well, I mean, I wouldn't say I deserved it. So, um, because every time the the power school notice goes off during the day, and I look at it to see where the kids are, um, Yancey always makes fun of it and he's like he's like oh those poor kids i can't oh man it's good thing they didn't have that when i was younger i just i'm like like you know what it's not as horrible as like yeah i get it it's weird for those of us who did not grow up that way to have our have parents having a real-time check on how grades are doing and how they're performing in classes but but otherwise yeah, you know, there's lots of things that if a if a kid is struggling with something or hasn't been paying attention to this class or hasn't been hasn't been pulling their full weight, there's lots of things the parent can do to help just motivate them and keep them on task and you know just even reminders at night to hey did you remember to bring that home with you okay go get it done. Um, there's lots of things the parent can do to help, but before power school, unless the parent or unless the teacher was going to notify you personally. Mm-hmm. Unless you were calling in every other day to check in on them, like you just have your kid's word on what's going on with stuff, and and thus it could go on for weeks and weeks before you finally get to a parent teacher conference, and they're like, "Well, you know, he's struggling with this. What? He's what? I had no idea." As opposed to now, you know, you get the notice, and now they don't have to struggle. They don't have to. They, well, they may still struggle, but they also don't have to hide their grades from you. They don't have to like. Everyone knows it's there. It makes them more responsible for checking it on their own. And these two, at least, uh, Eli and Noah, are, are very good about when things go well. They make sure they let us know that, hey, did you see that? Grade went up. Or when it goes badly, they send us a note and they go, oh, yeah, here's what happened on that test. I feel really bad. Don't worry. I've got the materials to study for the next one. Um, it's always don't worry, by the way. Don't worry. We're fine. No, I can, no, I can fix this. I can fix this. Um, didn't work on you, but, you know. Nah. So anyway, that's forty six. Oh, is that what we were doing? <laughs> yeah, that's what we were doing. You don't want to talk about your 
Your school days? Look, all I'm saying is my final grade in spelling was a D minus. So. Okay, that was in elementary school. You had six years after that. Still not great at spelling. <laughs> um, Forty six is from Lisa. Why, well, hey, Lisa? Lisa says, "Is this from you, Lisa?" That's weird. Well, no, it's just, it's it's like uh, number 19 of a list of Potomatics. Oh, you must have. Okay, well, it says, would you rather eat a large pickle a day for the rest of your life or sleep in a bath filled with pickle juice for two weeks? I'll eat a large pickle every day. I love pickles. All right. Here's the thing is... Uh, I hate pickles. I love pickle flavor. I hate pickles. I hate the texture. I hate the crunch of them. I hate, I hate the smell. I hate everything about pickles. Unless unless they're pickle chips by Lay's. Right, unless it's pickle-flavored chips or pickle-flavored popcorn, um, which I uh, I tasted some that, uh, that Chuck had. That was really good. Um, so I think, I think I would just go with the eating a big pickle a day for the rest of my life because I feel like by the time I got to the end of the two weeks of sleeping in pickle juice, after two weeks of eating a pickle a day, I think I'd be used to it. Mm-hmm. I say that, but what if I'm not? Oh. Yeah, you know what? I can't sleep in a vat of pickle juice. That's just not happening. That's disgusting. Imagine. Why would you just become a pickle? Yeah, what? Imagine smelling like, smelling that strongly of pickle. I really like, because there's not enough showering to get that smell. I a pickle, Marty. <laughs> Yeah, I know it is. It is tough, but you know what? All right, when we get home, I'll pull a pickle out of the fridge and eat it just to prove you prove you wrong. No, I think on the next podcast. Yeah, you should you should eat a pickle live. I don't think I should eat a pickle live. And get like one of those like big dill pickles. Like like it's gonna be a big pickle. No, because if I if I tell if I tell you I'm going to go home and eat a pickle out of the fridge, I'm just lying to you. I am not really going to do that. You heard it here. He is going to eat a pickle live. He will eat a pickle next. Live. But he will eat a pickle on the next podcast. If I say that on the podcast, then they'll all know I'm a coward when I refuse to do it next time because I will refuse. You're going to eat a pickle. Oh, I'm sorry. We've already we've already rolled. Um, uh, four, four. I got a four. Four says. Oh, it's sorry. From, I was clearly close to the mic there. It's I was from. To look at the numbers. It's from Ronster. Well, hey, Ron. And Ron says, Aiden. Well, hey, that's I me. just got heavily into Fallout 4. Oh, oh, don't get me started, but get me started. Fallout 4, G-O-T-Y-E. Uh, Game of the Year edition. Game of the Year edition, thank you. Without any mods. Okay. Tell me about your Fallout characters. And then there's going to be another question later. But... All right. Uh, Ron. This is from Monster. Uh, I'm going to start with my, uh, my least used characters. Uh, there's... Orgasmo, uh-huh. which I only picked that name because we were going through the list of names that your robot companion can actually say in the game, uh-huh. and Orgasmo happened to be one of them, and it was better than I expected because when Codsworth says Orgasmo, it's always Orgasmo. <laughs> that makes me happy already. Um, and Orgasmo is a sniper build. 
Uh, so he's got a lot of pro- perception and uh, agility so that he can uh, stealth and snipe from where he needs to. And then uh, I've got Cinderblock, who uh, I just tried to make as ugly as possible. I've, I've seen these in every game that you're allowed to customize appearance that much. Yep. I've seen you guys try and come up with the most hideous. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, I know uh, these characters. Cinderblock is my old melee build, so high strength, high endurance, high luck. Uh, and high luck is necessary for an all melee build, so that why does it have to be melee? Why can't it be female? <laughs> all right, um, sorry. Because uh, when you get up to level, I think twenty in a all melee build, uh, you can really just uh, get the ricochet, which will save your life more times than you can count. But no matter what build you're doing. The first uh, perk you should always go for is Idiot Savant, because Idiot Savant procs more often the lower your intelligence, but even at high intelligence, when it procs, it's um, a miracle because it gives you at minimum times 3 EXP for any event, whether that be defeating an enemy, completing a quest, uh, finding a new location. I don't know what procs means. Uh, proc. It, uh, it, it, when something procs, it activates. Okay. But uh, that's weird. Uh, I, I I don't I don't remember what proc is short for. Okay, no, that's fine. But, uh, that's fine. I understand what it means now. But uh, yeah, idiot savant should be one of the first perks you always go for. But then I have my uh, my run, which I've had to do twice now. Uh, because I did it once on the PS4. It is my uh all power armor build. Uh, walking armory. So it's just kind of all weapons build, kind of good variety. Because uh, uh, the whole point of my main run is that I'm trying to get every single perk in the game. And currently I've maxed out... Because uh, in the game there are uh, bobbleheads, which you can use to increase your stats by one. And uh, in this run, I am waiting until I've naturally maxed out that stat to get the bobblehead. Uh-huh. So I can actually have one point above max. Oh, nice. So I currently have maximum charisma, which is... The, the original build is a uh, a uh, charisma gun nut build. Okay. So charisma intelligence. Gotcha. So laser weapons, gun nut, uh, and then just enough strength to give me armor to work on power armor. Because this whole build is based around living in power armor. Which you're also going to need luck for... So you can get the uh, bullet finder perk, so you can more likely find power cores for your power armor in lootable containers. But so far in my main run, I have got 11 strength, 11 charisma, 11 intelligence, and 11 endurance. Because in high endurance builds, uh, if you get a life bringer, uh, uh, ghoulish, and solar powered... You can actually uh, regen with no armor. You can regen faster than the Glowing Sea can kill you. And uh, when in the Glowing Sea, I usually go armorless because the radiation actually heals me really, really well, which the power armor would actually prevent. So uh, high endurance builds I would recommend uh, because uh, you just... uh, You really just uh, just regenerate more because the sun will regenerate you Radiation will regenerate you. 
which you can also just go stand in any water and get regeneration. Okay. I get you. That that was an answer for Ron because I I I follow, but sometimes I don't understand the excitement of it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the high charisma. Damn it! He's gonna keep going. Uh, the high charisma allows you to uh, uh, at will as long as any entity is uh, lower leveling you, you can point your gun at them, pacify them, and recruit them. So monsters, bugs, people, just nice. hey. Work for me, and it, it it allows you to sometimes shut down fights you just really don't want to do. But if I were you, I know it's a real pain in the ass. But once you reach level ten, switch your difficulty to legendary. Okay. Yes, the game is harder, but you have a much, much, much higher chance of finding legendary weapons, and you can switch off of legendary at any time. So, I usually play on Legendary for the high uh, Legendary find chance, and also because I can, you know, I've got the stats to play in Legendary. But, go find a place with a high number of ghouls, turn it on to Legendary, and just go. Because you'll find two or three Legendary weapons, or armor, that will just allow you to, uh, because there's a few Legendaries that I have, like a, a combat shotgun with explosive rounds. Uh, which breaks the game because explosive gives uh, 15 points of splash damage per shot. But the splash damage applies to every single pellet from that shotgun. So it's actually something You've like 150 stop. splash You've got to stop. Are you just challenging me now? Is that what this is? I've been waiting for, waiting for spots to interject and go, dude, dude, seriously. No, this is just me actually. Okay. okay. No, no, we're, we got to be done. the second part of this question. Yeah, really got to be done. With no more fallout questions from anyone ever. Ever. (laughs) Okay, look. When we were on the Animal Cast together, there were a couple of times where I would, like, there would be a question about dice. And I would start going on about dice and rules processes and stuff like this. And Kyle would have to go, (laughs) no one cares, man. No one cares. And And it really, really hurt my feelings, but he was also really right <laughs> and so and i don't want to do that to you but i was a ron little ron cares it was a ron you know what you guys should start up a uh, you should become pen pals we should you really no, should what's the second part of this question uh okay part two if mike were a pokemon what kind would he be uh, the obvious answer is snorlax i knew that was coming uh but a less obvious answer is entei you know a father figure what would i do i don't know entei yeah, what would your mom be? Psyduck. Yeah, obviously Psyduck. Uh, Entei is a legendary Pokemon. He's the, the, the fire tiger wolf thing. Oh, okay. Uh, and he was uh, the little girl's dad in the movie he was in. All right, you want? Oh, that's right. You want to roll for the, our last one? Yeah. 91. 91? Wow, why, why, why so few Potomatics this time? It's not like uh, because we're up to an hour and a half already. Wow, and 45 minutes of that was just me talking about Fallout. (laughs) Uh, Hey, this is a question from Lisa. Lisa says, uh, what is something that you refuse to share on the podcast? Uh, God, there's nothing I refuse to talk about. I know. There are so many things I refuse to talk about. Come on, give us one. 
Look, uh, I'm not discussing details of my sex life, for example. All right, you know what? This is your question, and you're the one I'm protecting here. All right, I would brag all the time if I if I if I didn't worry about. All right, you know what? I am losing this fight, so I'm just moving on. We'll do one extra, just twenty. Twenty, just to get away from that goddamn topic. Jesus, what? How did it suddenly turn against me so quickly? I don't. I'm the good guy here. Oh. All right, this is also from Lisa. Lisa says, uh, in office space, it was the red swing line stapler. What's your favorite item in your office? Um, my favorite item in my office right now is... Uh, it's It's Yancey. No. My favorite item in my office right now is uh, uh, my worthy Captain America. So I have a, uh, I have a 10-inch Captain America posable figure uh, that was given to me by Jacob for my birthday. And uh, he not only carries Captain America's shield, but he also uh, has Thor's hammer. So uh, Captain America is worthy. And I Love that. That was one of my favorite scenes from those movies. So there you go. How about you? What's your favorite favorite thing from your office? Uh, I have by office. I'm going to talk about my desk at home. Right. That's. Uh, Is that flipping everybody off? I am under contract not to talk about my new favorite thing. Right. Because uh, you banned me from doing that. Right. But uh, one of my other favorite things is I have a bionicle that I designed. 10 years ago, and uh, I was really proud of it because I found a way to give it multiple limbs more than standard pieces would allow. Oh, yeah. All the parts really match well on it, and I just was really proud of the design, so I just kept it, and he's been on my desk ever since. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what my favorite thing in your apartment is? Hmm. Is me? Your cock. Oh, I I do love my cock. If if it was on my desk, I I would have picked my cock. <laughs> to to fill you guys in, I have a rooster lamp because I just really wanted just a really ugly lamp, and they bought me a lamp that is just a rooster at the base, and I just call it my cock, and I can tell okay Google turn on my cock, and it it lights up, and right. so then uh, two Christmases ago, uh, they bought me a posable Spock to put on my cock. So he has a Spock on his cock. And uh, then last Christmas, they gave me a smock for the Spock on my cock. So <laughs> Because because uh, we, mostly Lisa, uh, Lisa thinks she's very clever. And it turns out she is. It's ador- and now you just got to give him a Glock. And- <laughs> it's really adorable. Because what a perfect conversation piece. <laughs> Anybody who comes in. Gets to see that. Yeah, and that's, then, that's my Spock with a Glock wearing a smock on my cock. It's lovely. It's the laser daser banana fana phaser. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, that was it. That, no, I said one more, and we did one more, but then we did the last yeah, one. Yeah, we chickened out of the, the, the last one. That's a fair cop. 50. 50. 50 is... From Kyle. Well, hey, Kyle. Kyle says, 
yes or no answer only, and then move on to the next entry. Okay. Do you still hit your kids when they confront you about your cocaine addiction? Yes. Yes. That's it. Now it's time for GLaDOS to give us a recap of this week's episode. Said before you move on to the next one. Actually, yeah, uh, yeah, we have one. to do a next one, actually. It said... 43. How dare you. No, wait, no, not you. You, how dare you? He was ready to move on. He was ready to be done until his <laughs> mom had to interfere. You need your, you need your mommy to tell you how to do your podcast? Is that what your problem is? Yeah. God, I don't sound like the good guy. Jesus. <laughs> um, this is from Ronster. And Ronster says... If you were to design one of those blank life decals for you, what kind of life is uh, Mike and or Aiden all about? How about that gamer life? Yeah? Because, you know, gamers are the most oppressed group in the world. Right. (laughs) Right. No, because video games are only, um, what? Bigger bigger than motion pictures now? The largest industries in the world. Yeah, exactly. Um, hold, on, hold on. Let's see, let's see. Gamer life. Uh, oh, there, there's a ton of stuff. Yeah. Well, I know there is, but oh my god, Actually, so I'm, much. I'm about that DM life, to be honest. Gamer life. Most of these are lame. Oh, I do like the Pac-Man, though. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a pretty good one. Yeah, I'm, I'm about that DM life, though. Okay, hold on. Let me, let me try for me, obviously. My first thought is going to be nerd life. Um, but... Specific. Oh, I didn't choose the nerd life. Nerd life chose me. Oof. Yeah. Uh, nerd life. Everything I touch turns to nerd. Uh, nerd life is like normal life, but you have dragons. Huh. None of these are good enough, quite. But um, oh god, it's a dude with a nerd life tramp stamp. Oof. Oh, that's terrible. Okay. Um, you know what? Now can I turn it over, Gladys? Uh, I don't see why not. All right. Uh, DM Life. DM Life. I see DM Life technology. Uh, yeah, DM Life flash drives. Wow. Sad. Um, last night a DM saved my life. Okay. Anyway, uh, that's it. Now it's time for Glados to give us a recap of this week's episode so far. Remember when the platform was sliding into the fire pit and I said goodbye, and you were like, No way. And then I was all, we pretended we were going to murder you. That was great. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Nerd Pride Radio. The opening and closing theme is Death Metal Disco by Ian Kronk, as performed by Black Dove Underground. My buffer music this week was Fingertips by They Might Be Giants. And And Birdhouse in Your Soul by They Might Be Giants. By They Might, thank you. I will never remember that. The life of me. I could do 300 episodes. I would still screw this up. Um, All the songs I use are available on a variety of music services. Check them out, listen to them, buy them, enjoy them. I wouldn't put them in my podcast if I didn't love them. Uh, If you want to help out Nerd Pride, subscribe to this podcast and whatever podcatcher you use. Write us a nice review or crappy review as long as it's got five stars to trick the algorithm into sending people our way. It's not a trick, really. You guys like it. You're sharing it. Other people will take notice. That's the whole point. Um, but if you want to do something super nice for this podcast, you should be recommending it to your friends. Just one friend, two friends, however many friends you've got. Let them know that you like Nerd Pride because you're enjoying it, so you should let other people enjoy it as well. 
word of mouth. It's my bread and butter, people. Remember, I am always looking for listeners to do my work for me, so don't forget to send me questions and topics for the Podomatic, which, by the way, uh, several of you did. Um, I got I got new Podomatic entries from four or five people this last few weeks, and it has been really nice. So thank you, thank you, thank you to all of you. Um, but also, uh, let me know if you want to be included in Listener Betrayal. If you have a really interesting nerd fact about an upcoming episode number, uh, send it to me. Save me all of that grueling research. My contact contact information, mike at nerdprideradio.com, at nerdprideradio on those social medias that I don't check. But to be completely honest, best way to talk to me is sign up for my forums at nerdradio, nerdprideradio.com slash babble. You sign up there, you send me a message, we will hang out together. We will become best friends in the world. We'll have fun. And now it's time for Listener Betrayal. Before we start recording every podcast, uh, we send out to our, our member lists and let them know that, hey, we are recording anything you say during the time we are recording. We will read off at the end of the podcast, which is what we are doing right now. And it turns out yesterday uh, we sent out the notice that we were going to be recording, and then there was a uh, horrible, horrible microphone malfunction in that the cord was broken and I couldn't find the new cord that I had that I'd gotten. So we couldn't record until I went out and bought a new cord. So now we're recording today 24 hours later. Let's find out what you guys had to say over the course of the last 24 hours, uh, starting with... Let's see. Dun, 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 dun. Hold on, hold on. This one's me. And I'm going to back up to... Oh, what? Wait, wait, wait. There we go. Uh, Starting with Kyle. I said, Hey, nerds be priding. We'll be recording shortly, and I'll read off anything you contribute, but I also have a hypothetical. A group of non-human animals has taken you in, and recognizing your kindred spirit... They have accepted you as one of them. So, what kind of animals are these, and do you think you'll be happy with them? Uh, Kyle says, bonobo monkeys, uh, which is a great choice. You would be a king among the bonobos. You are a giant god. They have a society built on love and affection. I'm all in and would be delighted. Now here's a question for you guys. A group of human animals, and by that I mean an extremist group, have taken you in, and recognizing your kindred spirit, they have accepted you as one of them. So, what kind of animals are these, and do you think you'll be happy with them? The radical left. Yeah, look, um, I've been taken in by a hippie commune, and for the most part... uh, I've been taken in by gamers, because they're the most depressed minority. (laughs) Yeah, for the most part, I think I would be happy uh, until I I find out that uh, uh, our... Um, our cell reception out here is crap. And then, no, I can't survive that way. But for the most part, yeah, no, I think it'd be pretty cool. Uh, I don't mind the hippie commune. That would be fine. All right. Uh, Next is Pat. Well, hey, Pat. Hey, Pat. Pat says, I can actually answer this one with an exclamation point. He's very excited. Canada geese. I know this as it actually happened. (laughs) One summer in college, I went camping with my family and got extremely bored. I would go on long walks every day and would pass by a lake where a flock of Canada geese would rest. I walked by them so many times that they accepted me as one of their own, 
and I could weave through them unmolested, and I would hate their acceptance. They're so mean. You could just sick your army of geese on people. Wow. That's a pretty good one, though. Um, hey, Kaz says, uh, hey, Kaz. first, a question for both of you, and it in part depends on how much Battletech lore you know. None at all. Zero. So, this will be quick. If you had to be part of an Inner Sphere Succession House army, what faction would you serve, and what kind of mech would you pilot? Um, the Rebels and a scout ship uh, mech? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm making things up because I don't know anything about gamers, it. Gamers, because they're the most <laughs> Oh, Sorry, Kaz. Yeah, I don't. We're I lame. nothing. Kaz, though, says, if I were taken in by a group of animals, it would probably be black bears. Uh, I'd have to get used to really long naps in the winter, but I think we'd do okay. Nice. I could see that from you, Kaz. Uh, Let's see. Nope. That was not. See, since this has been 24 hours, there's actually regular texts mixed in here. Oh, Jacob. Oh, I just plan to read those. Jacob says, uh... Well, because the last one was from your mom, and it said you're a shit, <laughs> but only because she she likes she likes texting from the car with the voice commands and making it say naughty words. So, <laughs> but anyway, um, that was a long time. Ago. This is that's well, you don't text me very often. Usually, you use Messenger. Uh, okay. Then, then yes, I know. The next one is from Jacob, and Jacob says, It's a bunch of penguins. They're sweet and all, but of course I'm not happy. It's so freaking cold here. Nice. Uh, One from Emily. Emily says, "Uh, Sloths. And I'd like to think I'd be good at surviving outdoors, but I'm definitely the weakest link in any apocalypse situation. (laughs) So dark, Emily. I feel that. All right. um, Let's see. No, no, no. Aha. From Popo. Hey, Popo. Popo says, "Ah, too much thought. Brain weak, must rest. I'm just filling in that part, I assume. Uh, He said, need something simpler next week. By the way, bought you and your kids a subscription to Dork Digest. (laughs) That sounds like a dork thing my dad would do. Nice. Oh, wait. Or is he just mocking me? Hold on. Let's see if Dork Digest is a real thing so I can determine if my dad is mocking me. Just a second. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, he's definitely mocking me either way. Oh, yeah, no, 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 Dork, Dork Digest, oh, from Dork Daddy. I don't know if I want to go to a website called DorkDaddy.com. Screw you, Dad. <laughs> All right. Um, next up is from, that was Popo. Oh, hey, it's my wife. My wife says 18, 19, 21. I'm reading backwards. Uh, Zola Weddings. Uh, let's see. Cleaning. Uh, where are you? Just curious. This is going to take a while to go back. It's been 24 hours. Uh, do you need my help? Ah, here we go. Felines, she says. We will be happy because we do whatever we want, whenever we want. And then there's a bunch of cat emojis here. So, darn right. That would be the life. Um, and if I were a cat who could learn to work my smartphone so I could I could play uh, phone games, that would be even better. 
or just watch YouTube videos of cats, because that would be what I'd be interested in as a cat. That would be totally cool with me. Um, ooh, Aiden. Well, hey, hey, Aiden, what's up? Aiden says... I get it. I'm up. Jesus. But before that, <laughs> oh wait, no, no, that's that's the question you sent to me. Hold on, let me back up again. It's the other Aiden you want. Yep. That's not the Aiden I want. Ah, knowing my lifestyle, sloths. All right, you yeah. and Emily can hang out. Naps all the time, pooping only once a month. Nice. All right. All right, now it's up to you because that's all I got. All right. Uh, I sent out to the listeners, Hi, Platinum platinum members, my dad and I are recording today. If you'd like to say something or have us read anything, now is your chance. We will read anything you send us. Seriously, anything you read off, anything you type will be read off. This week's question, if you could make one mythical creature or peoples real, which one would it be and why? Uh, The first one comes to us from DM Darks, and he says Hydras. But specifically the order of the st- stick version. You can solve world hunger. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next one comes from Kyle. Uh, Kyle says, Australians. It would be so cool if the world <laughs> were around and Australia could be reached though norm- through normal means like planes and stuff. But we know that that's not true. Here's a question for you. If you could turn into any mythical animal or ten for ten consecutive minutes a day, but you could only be the size of a teacup when you turned into it, which would you choose and why? Also, how do I get on Ryan's brass-plated list for listener betrayal? <laughs> nice. Um, I will let Ryan. I, I will. I will let Ryan know about uh, his his need to put you on the brass plated list. But uh, I would probably turn into a dragon at teacup size and just fly wherever I need to go. That's pretty cool. I mean, even at teacup size, dragons are pretty fast. All right, I'll give it that. Uh, the next one comes to us from... As fast as anything's going to be at that size. Uh, from my friend, John. Hey, uh, John. He says flumps, because they're adorable and cool. Enough said. Ugh. Lame. I mean, look, if, if, if you want some eldritch horrors that know the secrets of the deep, dark abyss, then that's his business. Yeah, I heard I heard that they've made flumps cool, but... To me, they're still just flumps. Yeah. The uh, next one comes just from Lisa. Hey, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. She says, right now, a fawn, because they offer you guidance... Know, my name is Mom. Because uh, they offer guidance to travelers in need. That that one fits... That fits one of my guys right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was... Because... Uh... Um, Eli was taking his first uh, long solo drive mm-hmm. um, to go for uh, his first day of orientation and training for his uh, his summer counselor job. So, very cool. Uh, the next one comes. And he locked his keys in his car. And he locked his keys in his car while so he, was he was there. Sitting in the ninety degree heat, waiting for. The- yeah, but fortunately, I mean, he like he calls and he's like, "I locked my keys in my car. What the hell do I do?" And I said. All right, I'm panicked because I'm thinking I'm going to have to drive down there to get him, and it's like an hour and a half away. And then I realized, oh wait, this is why we pay for roadside assistance. Mm-hmm. So I just punched up the app, and it still it took him took him 45 minutes to an hour to get there. But is the roadside assistance better? Uh, Fawn, uh, 
Yes, yes. He said he said the guy um, the guy's last name was Tumnus. If that helps. So, all right. Um, I feel uh, the next one comes from Isaiah. Okay. And he Hi, says, Isaiah. I uh, feel like this is a loaded question, but werewolves. Uh, he had, does have a massive thing for werewolves. Uh, for the reason that they're better than vampires. You hold your tongue, sir. Okay, but... but you Now, hold on, we're getting there. But in all honesty, it would be fun to turn into a wolf. Now, hold on. It depends. Are we talking about classic werewolves where you shred everyone you know and love to pieces? Because that might not be fun. Yeah, see, that's that's the thing. I mean, it was only very recently that that werewolves got to got to get the the vampire treatment where they start having actual you know personalities and can control their wolf form. Right, right. Whereas, um, you know, again, up until very recently, it was it was the oh my god, chain me to the radiator, quick, whatever I say, don't let me out. Mm-hmm. And, you know that kind of crap because you don't want to kill all your loved ones. Um, so, and in some werewolf myths, you're like magically compelled to just kill the ones you love. Yeah, the werewolf thing is bad. Yeah. Uh, the next one comes from Emily. Hi, Emily. Hey, Emily. She says, "Elves, can you imagine how much one of them could accomplish with their lifespan? Cancer and global warming would be done for." Yeah, but they're so uppity. <laughs> okay, first off. Would they though, if they have, if they know that they've got millennia to live? Mm-hmm. I mean, you wind up just hiding yourself away somewhere and refusing to be involved in the affairs of mere mortals because um, you don't want to do anything that's going to get you killed. Or if elves actually existed and there was a society of them, would they set set about to be the protectors of the earth because? They actually will suffer the long-term consequences of climate change and other things. That's a good question. Uh, the next one comes to us from Garrett. Hello, Garrett. Uh, he says, "Hey, man, probably not going to be able to make it to D and D tonight." Ah. Well, that's a terrible answer to the question. Yeah. Oh, well, hold on. Is there more? No, that's it. That's it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, no, that was from yesterday. Did you D and D last night? No. Because Garrett couldn't make it? Well, it, it was some solo stuff that I do with one of his characters. So. Ah, got it. It's not like it was a big deal. So it's a Star Wars game? Uh, no. Uh, the next then what one... about Solo? Uh, uh, the next one comes just from, uh, <laughs> from uh, Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Uh, uh, simple and easy. Uh, Snake Girls. And uh, Aiden knows why. I do know why, but gross, dude. Gross. Like, keep, keep, keep in your pants, dude. <laughs> gross. Right? No, gross that you would make that assumption about Ryan. Seriously. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, the next one comes from Ben. I gotta turn up my brightness because I just hit 5%. Uh, ben says, I would say Eldrazi from Magic. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't want Eldrazi to exist. They're eldritch horrors, bent like like hell bent on fucking deleting the universe. And they're a walking <laughs> apocalypse. Like that's a bad thing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, 
you do n- you don't want Eldrazi to exist. Uh, the next one comes to us from. You can't tell me Sam. what I want. Well, hi, Sam. Sam says. If I can still answer, then dragons, because dragons are cool and regal, and I think the world would be a lot more interesting with dragons involved. Yeah, until they go raising the town you live in. Or, or, uh, as in Shadowrun, uh, where, yes, there are some wild and evil and violent dragons out there, but also, you know, there's dragons that just became... Captains of industry. I mean, what better way to hoard gold than uh-huh. run your own mega corporation and rule half the world? That's, that's exactly how a lot of dragons work in my campaign because yeah. it's you know science fiction. Yeah, and when you've got when you've got such an extended lifespan mm. uh, and the ability to that much ability to use that much magic and uh, enter a dragon. Right. I mean, good lord, what what can't you do? Uh, the next one comes to us from a number I don't recognize. Aha. Uh-huh. And it says, this is from Amazon. Congratulations, Aiden. You came in third in March's Amazon free pod giveaway raffle. Follow this link. Ooh, ooh, ooh. See what you got. See what oh, you got. Oh, man, no. I'm not gonna. Aww. Uh, the next one comes to us from Mike. Hi, Mike. Hey. Uh, he says, if you don't want to record today, I'm really, I'm ready whenever you are. Uh, we're up at school. If not, no harm. We'll get there eventually. I respond. I get it. I'm up. Jesus. He says, "No, I'm being serious. I don't want to. Pr- I don't want you to feel pressured." And then he says, "Hippocampus, but only if it gives me the ability to breathe underwater." Yes, that that front half horse, back half fish. Yeah. From the first D and D manual, monster manual. Ah, that was. I was obsessed with that thing. I loved that creature. Um, and uh, now, yeah, no, it's of limited use. But you know, if I can breathe underwater with it. Um, then that'd be pretty cool. Uh, next one comes just from Jacob. Uh, he said the mythical creature he wants to exist is women who like him. <laughs> hey, are you okay, bud? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'll share my hippocampus with you, dude. It'll let you breathe underwater. Are, are, are you, you going to be all right? That's all I got. All right. Well, then this was a fantastic episode, yeah. and uh, I'm so glad you guys came around to join us, and uh, I don't know, we'll see you next yeah. time in a couple of weeks or whatever. Good night, everybody. Bye.